morning. Glad to be here and we thank you God for our lives and for this opportunity that we've been given by Reverend Kate and all the pastors. And as all, you all know that uh, my name is Arsene and I'm the intern here. I'm a dual student and I'm from the Congo. I'm, I'm from the Republic Democratic of Congo. And this is my First sermon, and I'm glad to do it, and glad to see you all. Okay, can you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, for the gift of life, and for everything that we have done in our life. Use me as an instrument through which you're going to speak to all of us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. As we are in this Advent season, waiting and preparing for the wait and preparing and and for the celebration of the birth of Jesus, I realize something that waiting is good sometimes but not all the time. There are many things that we are also waiting in this congregation. For example, some of us are waiting to hear from the admission office after applying for schools. Others are waiting to hear about a job after an interview. Still others who are seniors in school can't wait to graduate and others who are engaged can't wait for the wedding date. I assume some among us have different things that they are waiting for, and the list may go on and on. Waiting for a positive outcome can be a good thing. However, waiting can be hard and not possible. For people living in communities where there is conflict and for families where there is abuse among adults or partners and even abuse toward children. Where where hate is encouraged based on race and national origin, the idea of waiting can be difficult and complicated. There are many reasons why waiting in these circumstances is complicated. For someone suffering with depression, waiting could lead to suicide and loss of life. Similarly, for a person living in an abusive relationship, and for children or women in the east part of my country, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, facing with violence to rape and massacre, and run away, or run away and become refugees in different places where they live a life which is not with good conditions. While the government does not do anything, waiting is no longer an option. If you look 
at chapter 10 in Isaiah, which comes before chapter 11, realize that the Israelites experienced oppression under the Assyrians. So the Israelites longed for freedom and peace. Then in chapter 11 of Isaiah, in today's reading, God promises them a peace that comes through the descendants from the tree of Jesse. This is a peace that the world does not yet to know. A peace where the wolf lies down with the lamb and the child leads them. Isaiah paints a picture of a peaceful world that God intends for us. It is a world where we do not harm and hurt others with our word or with our actions. Those with more power are to use it to do more good, to build healthy and flourishing communities, just like the Israelites waited for peace, we too are waiting in this moment of the Advent for Jesus who promises peace. In today's second reading, John the Baptist invites us to believe in that vision of peace. But he tells those listening to him that first they must repent for the ways that they turn away from God and cause harm to others. John the Baptist preaches in the wilderness, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John the Baptist called people to repent now, not later. It is an urgent call to repentance because God's kingdom is here. The Greek word used by John is metanoia, which means being sorry. Metanoia also means much more than regret, remorse. It is a turning around from where you were going to a new direction, symbolizes, which symbolizes a new life through baptism. As I read Matthew, as we read Matthew this morning, I realize that people mostly come to John for repentance and baptism. But John challenges them in action to produce fruit of love, compassion, kindness, mercy, nonviolence, and peace. This reminds me of a personal experience born and raised in a Christian family. I was baptized when I was 12, involved in the church activities, but still I had conflicts with my family members and friends because of my bad behavior toward them. I could feel bad for my action. I could say sorry and regret for my bad behavior toward them. Of course they could forgive me, but still were in conflict. 
The conflict was resolved when I changed my bad behavior toward them. The peaceful world that Isaiah presents seems almost impossible. Imagine a wolf lie down with a lamb. In this world, it seems like a wolf will always attack and devour the lamb. Maybe we think that the wolf digestive system will change and become like that one of the lamb so that they may live together. In Isaiah's illustration of carnival and herbivore lying down together, it reminded me of a famous story that maybe some of you may know. It's the story of the scorpion and the frog. Maybe you may know it in a different version than what I have. And the story, and the story goes like this. Will you take me across the river? The scorpion asks, you will surely stung me, the frog replies. That will only kill us both, assures the scorpion. So the frog begins to swim with the scorpion on its back. Soon they were halfway across the river, and then they reached the other side. The scorpion thanks the frog. What about your nature? The frog asks in confusion. The scorpion pauses as it walks away. It replies, I cannot control my nature, but I can control my actions. This story made me think that lots of people may live in families where they, are, where they have many different perspectives based on theology, religion, politics, and sports, and the list may go on. People don't have to change what they believe or what they think, but they must control their actions through their actions and words to not hurt and harm others in their families, churches, work of places, school, and so on. While I was in South Korea serving as a missionary, a peacemaker, at the border between North and South Korea in the DMZ, I could not think of the possibility of peace between the two Koreas. Most of us know that it has been a very difficult task. Until I saw on the news while being in South Korea that the government of the two Koreas met for peace and reconciliation. They did not change their perspective in terms of politics but they wanted to make sure that their action did not destroy each other. Serving uh, at Border Peace School in South Korea from 2016 to 2018, I learned that we have to make peace and non as part of our everyday life. When peace and non-violence are perceived as part of our everyday life, 
will all begin to dream of communities where violence, conflict, fighting, discrimination, and injustice become enemies of all of us. That will start our journey of dreaming and imagining communities where we, celebrate, where, where we all celebrate and work together to resolve the issues that affect the all of humanity and God creation. Amen.